0: And welcome to another new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. I am your host, Tristan Benz. Joining me today is my good friend, Drew Garrison. Drew, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about this elusive cut that people didn't think was ever going to show up.
0: Oh, Oh, they sure didn't. They sure didn't. We said it was out there. We said it existed, and they said, no, it's not out there, you're delusional, you're living in a dream world. Get the fuck out of my fucking face, alright? I never necessarily said this would be the best movie ever, but I did say it existed. And you know what? It's pretty damn entertaining, if I do say so myself. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now,
1: the Snyder Cut!
0: The Snyder Cut, the legendary, the famed Snyder Cut. We've been saying we were going to talk about this for all really for the last couple of weeks but you know much like the actual film itself there's a lot of things behind the scenes that just kept stopping you know the studio came in halfway through kicked Taylor out you know and and now we're here you know we're not the Joss Whedons we're more like the 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 fun VFX people that Zack Snyder got to to you know help him finish the the film during the uh the panini the the pandemic Lovato. The Panera bread.
1: Basically, he saved us from Marvel, and we got to do what we want.
0: Exactly, but yes, uh, we've had some technical difficulties the last couple weeks that we won't bore you with. But as an apology for the issues we've been having with Nerd Talk movies, you know the late releases and all that, starting in March, Taylor and our good friend Michael from the Power Up and Game team will be hosting news episodes of Nerd Talk movies, similar to what we used to do a couple years ago. Um, But it'll be a lot like Power Up and Game, just with movie and TV news. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Like I said, we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, and let's see, let, let's get to a little recurring segment that uh, we like to do, largely when it's just me and Drew, of how accurate is the IMDb synopsis? So, according to IMDb, it says... Determined to ensure that Superman's ultimate sacrifice wasn't in vain, Bruce Wayne recruits a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of a catastrophic proportions. You know, that's... Pretty accurate, honestly. It's pretty accurate. Shockingly accurate, if I do say so myself.
1: I thought they were gonna go on with, uh, after killing Superman, Batman must atone by facing off against an alien threat or something.
0: Either that or just, you know... Describe it in the loosest terms possible, that barely, uh, like, after the death of an alien hero, a masked vigilante has to put together a team of superhumans to fight an invasion. It's like, oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's correct, but, but, you know.
1: But it's like, so much, so much missing details.
0: More spot on than we would expect, but what is spot on, typically, with IMDb, is the cast and crew. So here's some of the main cast for the film, as well as the director, you know, the writing credits, all that jazz. So obviously directed by Zack Snyder, his name's in the title. So if you thought this was the Whedon Cut, you listen, you watched the wrong movie, you're listening to the wrong podcast. We're not talking about that shit unless it's to compare it to this.
1: Also, why do you want, why do you want to torture us with the Whedon Cut?
0: Yeah, why do you want to do that? Do you hate us? Did we do something to you? Like, what's your, what's your beef? What's I the think beef they just beef?
1: enjoy seeing us suffer.
0: Well, you know what? They're not getting it today. ...because we enjoyed this movie. As for writing credits, we got Superman, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Um, the actual story for the film itself was by, written by Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio, and Will Beal. Um, Chris Terrio did the screenplay... Um, And then getting into more of the creator credits, the Justice League concept was created by Gardner Fox, Batman was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, Wonder Woman created by William Moulton Marston and H.G. Peter, then you got the whole fourth world corner of the DC Universe created by Jack the King Kirby, you'll love to see it, you'll love to see the man get his credit.
1: Little side note for everyone, Jack the King Kirby still gets uh, tributes to this day. That's what we should. Yeah, it's like, if you if you haven't heard of him, you've probably seen episodes dedicated to him, even on stuff he has nothing to do with. Probably.
0: would be shocked if he hadn't. As for the cast, we've got Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Gal Gadot as Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill as Clark Kent slash Superman. Ray Fisher as Victor Stone slash Cyborg. Ezra Miller as Barry Allen slash The Flash. Oh, look at little rhyme there. Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry slash Aquaman. Jeremy Irons as as Drew likes to refer to him. Godfather Alfred. Yeah. yeah. Amy Adams as Lois Lane. Diane Lane, who I share a birthday with, as Martha Kent. Joe Morton, the GOAT, or like GOAT Morton, as Silas Stone. J.K. Simmons, another GOAT, a ram even, as Jim Gordon. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, just... We don't even got to talk about the Foe. That's that's just, that's the legend right there as Volko. Harry Lennox as General Swanwick, a.k.a. Martian Manhunter, who he's always been and will always be in the hearts of fans. And we got Syrian Hines as the voice of Steppenwolf. So getting into our usual prelude, it's not going to be as detailed as normally is because... Pretty much everybody listening to this, I would imagine, knows the deal behind this movie. You know, Zack Snyder stepped away from the original production due to a personal tragedy. Warner Brothers used that as an excuse to put in Joss Whedon and change everything about the movie. After, you know, uh, Whedon came off two successful Avengers films. And then we got the piece of shit that was theatrical cut. No one liked it. It was a bummer for everybody. Uh, it was pretty meh. Some people were like, eh, it's kind of fun. But for the most part, it was like, this is just... This is a train wreck, uh, you know, had Henry Cavill looking all Uncanny Valley, looking like plastic, you know, Steppenwolf looked like an unfinished action figure. Just everything about everyone's characterizations was all over the place and not similar to what we've seen before. And Cyborg was just kind of there, you know, that was just a few of the questions.
1: Yeah, you know, Warner Brothers, when you're having someone come in to, like, finish a movie, you might want to actually push back the movie instead of trying to keep it on the yeah, same Yeah, maybe day. delay it.
0: Maybe don't just try and like rush it out before the end of the year, so you can get your Christmas bonus. You know, but you know that's uh, what do we know? <laughs> we're not we're not heads of a studio. <laughs> we're not people who've even seen movies before. You know, we don't I have know what are we sense. even doing here. We don't care about you know having good uh, good films to watch or talk about. But you know, fast forward a couple years, then we've got the release of Snyder campaign. You know. Some people say it was from legit DC fans. Some people say it was from just crazy Snyder fans. Some people say they were bots. And it seems like there's, it was you know, a, it. a mix. It's a mix. I was a real DC fan who mm-hmm. I also campaigned for it. But, you know, who knows for sure what the Dragon Force was. Either way, WB caved, finally, because they needed something to, you know, put on HBO Max, especially during the beginning of the pandemic. So they were like, Zack Snyder, come on, come on back. Come on, finish this, finish uh, this cut. And then that resulted in a four hour movie with six chapters. Now, was it any good, or was Zack Snyder's Justice League another miss for the studio? And that's in terms of quality. That's what we're going to talk about today. It wasn't a miss, guys. Spoiler alert.
1: Let's not even just say spoiler alert. It was great, guys. This it thing was is it a was, really good
0: it, movie. It's pretty solid.
1: Could it have been shorter?
0: Oh, 100%. Oh, yes. 100%. So but many that's things to What you get with need. the Zack Snyder film? Yeah. It's a lot of slow mo. You know, they played a lot of it in normal motion. This movie would have been three hours, but I digress. So clearly, as we mentioned before, we'll probably be comparing this a lot to the theatrical version. So let's not waste any more time. How do you, Drew? What's what's your what's your overall stance on Zack Snyder's
1: Justice League? It is one hundred percent a superior film to the theatrical cut, and it is amazing. Yes, there are some things that could that don't make sense in the film and everything, but at the same time. I'm I'm pretty okay with it because it actually does delve into a lot of the characters. It actually helps set up the wor- the world that would have been made, and it made me care about a character I had no intention of caring about. Marsha
0: Manhunter, I knew it. Now
1: steppenwolf, me care about steppenwolf. <laughs> do not it's like do, okay okay hold, hold on hold on just because I'm sorry we gotta
0: keep moving because taylor script said we weren't supposed to talk about our general thoughts but i wanted to anyway because i knew you would say how much you love martian manhunter and i, I love
1: say. martian manhunter uh, you
0: love him in this movie just like i do i'm also a fan of this movie <laughs> it's a great you know great time good action character dynamics make more sense much better performances in this because it seems like the cast weren't pissed off uh, for most of it because they were with a director they liked. Let's get into the comic connections, <laughs> Drew. What comic connections are you pulling for this?
1: Well, this does connect to DC's Fourth World. It does yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's where Steppenwolf, Darkseid, the Mother Boxes, all of that comes from. He comes from this. Uh, like we also get a connection to Aquaman's whole origin story. Like there's a mm-hmm. whole. There's a whole lot of that. Diana's Diana's whole journey seems to be coming from the New Fifty Two, where she's unable to return to Themyscira. I'm re- I'm re- loose with this because in truth, this is mostly an original story.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, there's there's clearly some inspiration from their origin from the New Fifty Two in terms of the Justice League uniting to take on and the New Fifty Two. At first, it was Dark Side, um, but. They kind of replaced him with Steppenwolf for this. Just the general, the Justice like League uniting to fight apocalypse is, is a you know that that's the the through line here. Um, you know, there's a lot of background characters that are comic characters. Obviously, Jim Gordon, but then you have uh, Ryan Choi who becomes the Atom. Um, you got just Star Labs as a setting in general. It's such a big part of the DC Comics universe, even before it was popularized by the Flash television show. Um, and Young Justice. And Young Justice. Um, even the... Just the, the random detective that Jim Gorn talks to is... is uh, Crispus Allen, who later becomes the Spectre. So there's a lot of just little... Little bits in here that I'm sure we'll get into... Uh, when we dive into the meat of the episode. But before we do that... Let me tell you guys... about little we'll cycle the Nerd Stash. Alright? Now if you're looking for the best place to get your gaming and entertainment news... Come on, come on, come on, what are you doing? Why listen you listen to us? Go check out nerdstash.com. Well, finish listening to us, but then go check out nerdstash or listen to us while you're checking out nerdstash.com. because nerdstash.com has a plethora of uh, uh, embarrassment of riches in terms of talented writers and content creators who are making it their mission to give people the latest news in the world of gaming, movies, television, all that nerdy and, and geeky business that you guys care about. But that's not all. Are you looking to get your start in the game or entertainment journalism field or are you someone who is really just looking to build your ever-growing resume regardless of your experience? Consider applying to join the writing team over at the nerdstash.com. I myself once wrote for the nerdstash.com and now I'm on a podcast. Maybe you could get on my level, you know? Who's to say? Anything's possible if you believe. You can find I was the link for that the nerd stash.
1: With that. I was well, more- I
0: mean, it's possible for anyone. If I—that's I, not me being, you know, egotistical. If I can do it, anyone can. Clearly, I'm not qualified, and yet here I am hosting this episode. But anyway. You can find the link for the Neurotash.com in the description of this very episode, regardless of what platform you're listening to us on. In the description, you can also find a link that will direct you to any open positions we have available at the site. All you have to do is click on that link and follow in the instructions provided. It's a great work environment. The team's great. And as we said, it looks good on a resume. So seriously, if you think you got what it takes, go and give it a shot. Have some faith in yourself. It's 2023. Let's, let's make some moves. Now. Let's get into Zack Snyder's Justice League. Let's start where all things start, Drew. At the beginning. Unless it's in media res, and it'll start like at the end and we go back Or in the
1: middle video. or <laughs> Or in the
0: middle. Yeah. Let's start where a lot of things start. At the beginning. With chapter one, don't count on it, Batman. Now, this is, you know, the section where it's like, oh, this, you see Superman die right at the beginning. You know, this Batman's going on his little recruiting mission. You know, it's it's a whole, it's a very interesting setup for the film. But, Drew, how do you feel about this first chapter?
1: Very Batman Begins style where we see Bruce on a mountain. Him in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. It's all cold, snowy. Yeah, cold, snowy. And I like the contrast of Bruce. He's just, like, looking down at this small small little village like you see like before like we started out with bruce looking up at the destroyed um wayne tower and everything and superman fighting in the sky now bruce is focusing on the people and looking down it's a nice contrast yeah it's a nice contrast Yeah. beginning really cements uh how batman's going to be changed in this movie or is changed from the previous movie
0: Mm -hmm. and also superman's little death cries really cool visual Really
1: cool visual. The cool visual. The a lot of this movie... The-
0: uh, yeah, a lot of this movie ignores science, just for really cool visuals. And honestly, I'm just here for the vibes.
1: Yeah, it's like, be it's like here for the vibes. Don't think about how Superman should be breaking at least all the glass in Gotham and Metropolis. Nah.
0: nah, he's hitting a specific frequency that wakes up mother boxes, but just leaves glass totally untouched.
1: Interesting it's, it's death fine. scream. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, even in death... This super After the events of Man of Steel, he was very cognizant of property damage, you know, because they made mm-hmm. such a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as you mentioned, you got Bruce looking down, you know, he's up on the mountain. He's he's What's he doing in Iceland? He's there to recruit one Arthur Curry. Fun scene to set up what Arthur's got going on. But this has the same problem with me or to me that the fight in Batman v Superman has where it's like, why are you wasting time with this? dialogue just go ahead and get to the point which you know that sounds like i'm shitting on dialogue and having conversations but it's it's the way it's framed like with batman v superman it was all like you know clark being like bruce wait you don't understand i need your help just say bro lex has my mom this has all been a manipulation like we can squash our beef after but like some shit's going on Instead of just caving and fighting. With this, you got Bruce being like, I'm here because I'm gathering a team of warriors to protect us from a threat that's coming from far away. It's like, bro, there's an alien invasion coming. I need a dude who can talk to fish and who's real strong. And he knows that Arthur's here because he's Batman. He knows, you know.
1: And it's like we literally saw him in the previous movie.
0: Exactly. Like he's wasting time playing coy. Get it cuz fish, you know, it's a pun. <laughs> uh and he's like, "Oh, I'm willing to pay however much money to speak to this man." Bruce, just give the people the money and talk to Arthur cuz you know he's right there. You're the one speaking to him. Mhm. So, why are we doing this I don't know. It's just I I mean, it's a good showing of of Ben Affleck getting to be the, you know, little sassy Bruce Wayne, you know. Love that. Sassmaster. But it's like, man, you're on a timetable here, okay? You're on a timetable, but can't complain too much about this scene because then it leads to one of the greatest moments in cinematic history when you've got the Icelandic woman just sniffing Jason Momoa's shirt.
1: <laughs> See, I thought you were gonna say Arthur Curry. I heard you talk to fish.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, that's up there, but it can't compete with her just sniffing that sweater. Did you notice his sweater was like kind of orange and scaly looking? Yeah. This is a fun little nod.
1: Yeah, it's like they put him closer to brown, but they keep the orange in just so that way it's like, oh, you know what he's supposed to be wearing. Yeah. And that's
0: the question: Was it actually orange? And just because of the color grading of this movie, it looks browner. You know? Huh. Say, so, hey, who knows?
1: These are the important questions. Of These our are lives. the
0: important questions. The other important question: What does his sweater
1: smell like? Fish.
0: We we would have to ask the the Icelandic woman to know.
1: I think um, they would start then, singing.
0: Uh, I mean, hey, she. Yeah, I've heard worse voices. But, speaking of voices and singing, there's another character in this movie that's accompanied by a lot of singing, and that's Wonder Woman, because every time she's on screen, we have the um, ancient lamentation. It's exactly like that. Every time. Every time. And it's cool the first two times, then it gets kind of annoying the next 17 times, but then when it gets back towards the end, you're like, oh, okay, I'm back on board. Like, we wrote it out, I'm here for it. But we get Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman's introduction where she just takes on Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones and some other reactionary terrorists who have a plan that I don't quite get if I'm being honest. Yeah,
1: so you're gonna blow up a few city blocks and hope that it returns man to the Dark Ages? And
0: also, it's like they're just blowing up a bank, but I was unclear on how important the bank It didn't seem like the most important bank in the world. Yeah. I mean, maybe it would destabilize the UK for a bit, but like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an economist, so, you know, far be it from me to question Roose Bolton. He knows all about destabilizing, you know, kingdoms. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Game of Thrones fans out there. Shout and, out you know, I'm Game not sad France. that he, the shit, he got a shit rocked in this. But what does bother me? Uh, we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about how we feel about the DC heroes killing. So that's a moot conversation at this point. My issue with this scene it's not that Wonder Woman comes in and kills people, because whatever. It's like, she's running in there, she's moving in at super speed, she's just eating him against the wall, I get it. It's effective, like, just take him out, you know? And Wonder like Woman
1: is she... one of the uh, DC characters who does kill, and it's not like yeah, she's bloodthirsty, but she, like... Yeah, but on
0: occasion, she, she, you know, would be willing to take a life if there was absolutely no choice. Um, and, you know, was there a choice with this? Yeah, sure, but whatever. We know what to expect from Zack Snyder. Um, you know, whether you love it or hate it. And, you know, we get a cool scene of her like blocking the, the bullets with her bracelets, you know, cause really the only time th- we've really seen her use her bracelets so far with this version of Wonder Woman is, you know, when she's blocking doomsday's heat vision or when she's blocking the bullets in world war one, which, you know, the bullets were much slower. And then, you know, she uses her shield for a lot of the automatic fire. So you, you don't, you haven't really gotten the sense that Diana's as, Fast as she is in the comics before this scene, and I really liked uh, that inclusion in this. What I don't like though is that she then uses the move that she <laughs> used to defeat the god of war,
1: <laughs> on the guy who killed all the other gods.
0: Yeah, on just this guy, and it's not like oh, Wonder Woman shouldn't kill people. You know, I mean, I personally don't love when Wonder Woman kills, but you know, whatever. Um, but it's that Diana we just saw you kill these other guys in a way that didn't look like the building that was under threat from explosions. It didn't make it look like it was going to blow up. Because you got cops on the outside. They're like, oh, they're going to blow shit up. They're going to blow up these kids. You know? Also, their entire goal was
1: to blow up the building. So why
0: would you assist? So why... I mean, she got rid of the bomb, which when she threw it in the air, I'm going to be honest, that bomb didn't look big enough to destroy a couple city blocks.
1: Also, it roared.
0: Yeah, it did roar. It sounded like a jaguar. Uh, but, so she just evaporates this man. Like, just obliterates him in front of schoolchildren, who probably are already scared. They did just watch her kill all these other people. But if she was going to kill him, she could have just zoomed and, boop, like, flicked him against the wall. Like, I don't know, just seemed really unnecessary. Funny. Really funny. They're yeah. just really unnecessary. And then she's got the little girl that's like, can I be like you one day? Can you evaporate criminals,
1: the uh, little girl? Are you a demigod born to an all-female race?
0: Yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do good in the world, by all means, but I don't know that you're just going to get the power to just de- destroy an entire human body but leave his hat intact, you know? But speaking of Amazons, then let's, then let's move on, because then we get... The fucking one of the most baller scenes of the whole movie with Steppenwolf attacking the mascara and stealing the mother box.
1: In this corner, we have the Amazons, warrior women who defend man. And in the other corner, we have Steppenwolf, the alien conqueror.
0: That's true. That's about how it goes. And you get a lot of cool choreography in this scene. A lot of slow mo that you may say, hey, is this entirely necessary? And some people would say, no, not necessarily. Uh you got other scenes where like hey is this move you just did really the most efficient thing to do uh in in this dire situation? Probably not, but it fucking looks cool. And at it the end does. of the day, that's a lot of the Zack Snyder aesthetic and that's just how you got to, you know, view these films. You'll have a much better time. I tr- I, I I promise you that.
1: Yeah. And also like if you want to, just focus on the new design for Steppenwolf, 100% a step up from the theatrical cut.
0: Oh my god, incredibly, incredibly emotive, I would say. Especially for a design that, you know, they kind of, they had a, an idea of where to start, clearly, because um, they had the concept start. But, like, they rendered that in such a short amount of time, especially compared to the dumpster fire that was the original, well... I mean, I guess the this is the but the theatrical uh, cuts design
1: it, like it has everything you need to make him feel alien. He's got the different fingers. He's got the horns, but also his suit moves like it's alive. And that yeah. is honestly it has like an organic
0: technology it. vibe. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. And he's legitimately scary in this. Like he is hunting the Amazons down like he's leaping over them like a flea, just eating the horses left and right, chopping them in half like
1: Literally jumps out of the ocean.
0: Yeah, that's cool as shit, too. Just really, overall, just a, a very well-done scene. Um, one of my favorites in the movie, I would yeah. say.
1: Also, shout-out to the Amazons of doing the cool thing of passing the mother box through rope and arrows. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Really cool.
0: It was really cool. But you know what else was really cool, Drew? Chapter 2.
1: The Age, the Age of, Heroes, of Heroes.
0: Where we get... Steppenwolf's backstory, you got Diana going to Bruce after the Amazon's light, the signal fire, and she's like, hey Bruce, I know what's up, because I went to the signal fire, and I went down in this little, like, hidden cavern, and it's like, boom, now I know all about Darkseid, okay, so she goes and gives Bruce all the information, it's like, this is what we're facing, you know, there's a threat coming, he's like, it's not coming. Or no, he's like, there's a threat coming. She's like, it's not coming, Bruce. It's already here. And you're like, yeah, fuck fuck yeah it is. Like, let's talk about this. So, you know, this is where we learn about Darkseid's failed invasion of Earth and how all the armies of man and the Atlanteans, the Amazons, and the old gods and the Green Lantern, who up until this point seemed like that was the only time I'm going to get a Green Lantern in a movie. But thank God, because we're at a Lantern show on the HBO Max. Knock on wood, it doesn't get canceled or I will lose my mind. They all united to take on Darkseid. Back then, he was Uxus, you know, which doesn't make a lot of sense. They beat him, and he's like, "Oh, I forgot where the Earth is." I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't know. Did you
1: not? Ha- did you? Did you erase your browser history? Like, yeah, Darkseid, I don't, What were you looking at before? They you don't beat have Earth?
0: flight logs. Like, I get it was a long time ago, Darkseid, but that just doesn't. That doesn't make sense. I. That's yeah. one of the things with this movie where I'm like, I don't even know how to really explain this one away, like this is the one world that beat him and he forgot where it was? Darkseid wouldn't forget that. He'd stew on that.
1: Yeah, and there's and there's also the fact that it's the world with the anti-life equation. Yeah. His Well, they don't goal. know that
0: at the time.
1: Well, he knew that.
0: Did he? I thought he was like... Yeah, that's when, what... Oh, no, you're right, because when Steppenwolf was like, oh, bro, I found the lost... This is where the anti-life equation... He's like, wait, you mean mm-hmm. what? You're on the planet that beat me? Shit, I guess I gotta come back. It's like, you'd think you would Someone would've jotted that down, is all I'm yeah. saying. Uh... That being said, this scene uh, when I first watched The Age of Heroes, was the first time I cried in the movie. Because I tear up when I think things are really cool. Uh, not so much normally when I get sad. Um, mostly when I was like, wow, this is awesome. Good moments of unity or teamwork and whatnot. And this scene had a lot of it. This this is what, this is what got me. You even get a cameo from Robin Wright, you know, back as Antiope. You got David mm-hmm. Thewlis as Ares with that bald body or bald head on the buff body and the long beard. And you're like, alright, well... It's different from the mustache. I don't know if that necessarily makes it better, but it's there.
1: Well, at least it makes you feel like that this is like a god of war instead of a British guy pretending to be one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's more, you know, it's, again, I would. I don't know that I'd call it better. I would just, I would say it's different. Um, but yeah. all this leads into Steppenwolf's motivations, where he was banished, you know, by Darkseid, because he betrayed uh, his his... Nephew In the comics, Darkseid's his nephew, I remember in this, they said, like, during pre-production where they change it to the Darkseid was his uncle, I don't, they don't really acknowledge it, so we can just still act like he's Darkseid's uncle, because why the fuck, wouldn't we? Like, it changes nothing.
1: It is a bit weird that Darkseid, the canonically younger god, is now older, but it's like, eh, I can get over it.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, whatever, I'm just, as far as I'm concerned, Darkseid still is uh, his nephew. But, like, like we said, he was banished, he's like, alright, you're a fucking loser, Steppenwolf, but if you want to get back in my good graces, go conquer me 100,000 worlds. Uh, so that's why he's on Earth, because uh, he's like, hey, here's another world for a dark side to conquer, and I'm a, uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, get back in his good graces, and I'm gonna uh, finally be able to come home with my sad little puppy dog eyes, and decides on the phone, he's just always mean to me, and it's just like, damn, this is it's hard it's hard for a pimp i don't want him to succeed but he just looks so <laughs> adorable with those sweet little little eyes he's got you know
1: yeah and it, and it's like i do also love like all the small little details that they give seven wolf like he literally takes off his armor to bow before dark side yeah. when he shows up seven wolf he has a bit of respect for but you can tell he wants to chop his fucking head off
0: that's like oh you mean Desad,
1: yeah decide yeah, yeah.
0: Desaad also. What a dirty bitch! <laughs> like that man, just shady as fuck. You know he's talking shit about stepping yeah. behind his back. He's just fucking scheming. He's that one coworker you just fucking hate, but he's like ahead of you like he's uh, your supervisor so you can't really say shit but he's just like mm, yeah steppenwolf ain't shit dark side like you should trust me more and not ever just evaporate me with your mega beams because i pissed you off but then bring me back because i'm useful you know
1: yeah but i know and he did and he did and he does it in this movie we hear at the end like he's like oh yeah I he's need...
0: like oh yeah you know jump ahead he's like yeah i fucking told you steppenwolf wouldn't do it <laughs> he's like i <laughs> told you you bitch
1: fucking crazy it's like honestly it's like the not that quote co- is like that um person who got in through connections and doesn't know how to do his job. It's almost like a self. Nepo baby, except yes.
0: Desaad's too good at his job. Is the thing.
1: Yeah, he's it's so like good, good that he oversteps a
0: lot, and then Darkseid kills him because like you're really fucking annoying. Like, get the fuck out of my face, you dirty bitch. He's almost <laughs> like Starscream, you know.
1: Oh yeah, he's like he's like Starscream, but with a uh, deeper voice.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you can hear, but as soon as I said Starscream, my Siri just started talking about Starscream. So there you go.
1: i could i couldn't hear but that would have been interesting
0: (laughs) i mean you know we'll see if it picks up in the audio but even if it does what the audio should be picking up is how we feel about bruce wayne's redemption arc in this movie drew how you feeling about it
1: i do like the fact that bruce is trying to make up for in a way killing superman and everything even if i don't agree with the way that they killed superman I do think, like, yeah, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool um, redemption arc. You see him trying to be more faithful and everything. I think they overblow it in the end. Uh, I and I do think that's one of the things that the theatrical de- cut does a bit better. It's like one of the only three things I think the theatrical cut does good. But um, I still oh, wait, like it. i overblows it. I'll just so, elaborate on that. So when Bruce and the other Justice League go to face off against Steppenwolf to stop the mm. Unity. And everything, and Bruce is talking to Alfred about how do you know Superman will be there, and he's like, "Faith, Alfred." And I'm like, "That, that, that's not Bruce. That, I don't feel like that feel. I don't think that pushes. Uh, that that tracks. It's like I feel like we needed a bit more for that, and also I. But feel I mean, like how we, is
0: that more overblown than the actual cut? Because in the actual cut, we don't get any acknowledgement of him thinking Superman's gonna
1: come. Oh, actually, we all. do because Lois says like, "Oh, um, Bruce told me it's like he." He said, "Like I haven't you, or whatever." Yeah, Bruce called. He told me. He told me. So we get it off screen. Yeah, we get we get it off screen. She explains why Bruce, uh, why Bruce came, and it's like it's and then the whole reason Lois is there is because Bruce says, "Like oh, he's gonna be there," and it's like that feels like Batman. It feels like he planned. It feels like that's a bit of faith Batman would have. It's like the woman he loves. It's yeah,
0: but see, I I gotta disagree with you on on this one because, and we talked about this a bit. um in our last recording that messed up, you know, because of studio interference. Um, the arc for Bruce and the actual cut just does not feel earned to me because it seems like it's playing off the audience's conceived preconceived notions of Superman and Batman based on the comics, as opposed to what we have seen from the two of them in the movies. Agreed. Like, he's much goofier about it. He's talking about Clark. Like he's known him forever. You know, I mean, I do love the bit where he's like Clark's more human than I am because that is a very, you know, that's a very Batman statement to say about Superman, but yeah. it's Batman in the comics. It's not this version of Batman that we've seen. And at least to me, with his arc in um the Snyder Cut, it is it's less fanatical, I would say. It feels less like he's a Superman fanboy and more just like, oh, no, we kind of like it'd be real helpful. If we could get Superman back, because uh, this shit's powerful as fuck. And the whole team is, you know, on board with it. They're like, you know, that's a that's a pretty solid idea. Whereas, you know, in the theatrical cut, it's Batman being this ride-or-die Superman, like, oh my god, I love Superman, and also I want to bring him back because I feel guilty. And the team being like, I don't know if this is a good idea, you know? Like, it feels randomly fanatical and unearned, and really just... More focused on Bruce trying to make himself feel better to have him be so staunchly. We need to bring Superman back and defending that argument from the rest of the team. You know,
1: I can understand that, and I do think, and I do think, like it's pick your poison because both kind of go a bit too far on certain ends.
0: I mean, it would have been just better if Superman wasn't killed and bad, maybe Superman, but
1: one hundred percent. Yeah, but this is what. Yeah, but this is what we got and like I don't have a, like I don't have a problem with either of them to be honest. Like I mm-hmm. like I think I like the I think I like the uh weed weed version better just because it feels like Batman is less believing less believing that Superman's just going to sense the danger and more or less guides him to it, mm-hmm. which is mo- which is much more practical and feels more batman-y than Batman being like, "Faith, Alfred." It's like that's
0: And that's the thing, though. Like, how practical is it? Because in the theatrical cut, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, Bruce called or whatever. But that theatrical cut did come with deleted scenes on the DVD, which I guess we have to take a scan in. And that is the scene where Superman shows up to the Batcave or to Wayne, the Wayne house, because it's not even the estate. He shows up to the lake house. And Alfred's like, oh, he said you come. I hope it's not too late. So... Clearly, when Bruce called Lois, he didn't call her with all the information. Either way, Clark showed up to Wayne Manor. So how planned is it?
1: That's weird, because in the movie, Lois says, it's like, okay, I gotta send you back out there. Uh, was he The way he described it, it's end of the world, the scenario, and everything. So it felt like that she had the information. So that deleted scene is a bit weird.
0: It felt like she had the information, but also, if you recall, that scene is then still so far away from the actual, actual like, climax, the fight, or whatever, that if Superman was then immediately given all the information, you'd think he would have just gone. Yeah. He would have just been there, because he's Superman and he can fly. Like, it doesn't make as much sense in the theatrical cut. It's like, well, what took you so long, Clark, Then if you just fucking knew? Like, yeah. if this was all planned out. Like I said, there's problems with both. Yeah. At least in this, you get the fucking baller scene of him suiting up. That we'll get to later. Um... Let's move on to the next chapter, uh, chapter three, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. So, we get Barry's introduction, which is fun. You know, we got him talking to his dad in the prison, his dad using a lot of puns about, you know, running. You got Bruce just hanging out in, in Barry's place, and Barry's like, Yeah, I'm fucking in. Like, I need friends, and you don't have the stupid brunch line.
1: Could you imagine if uh, Bruce had the wrong Barry and accidentally hit him in the head with a battery?
0: That would have been really awkward. That would have mm-hmm. been really bad. That. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. That money would have been coming in real handy uh, when he deals (laughs) with the the manslaughter charges because that thing was sharp as shit. Mm -hmm. But anyway, you got Barry. He's locked and loaded on the team. You get to see the inklings of what the dynamic's going to be between Barry and the others. You know, that's fun. Um, Then in this chapter, you also have the... Atlanteans dealing with Steppenwolf coming and taking the Mother Box, you know, you and a they speak fun dolphin. Little, they speak dolphin. You know, they got the little clicks. Um, you got Amber Heard's Mira talking with a bad British accent and sucking the blood out of Steppenwolf, which is really fucking cool and terrifying. So um, awesome! I really also like awesome. that.
1: Yeah, I also do like that. Steppenwolf has victories in this movie. Like he, yeah. like he feels like a physical threat.
0: Oh, this man's like fucking four and zero. Oh like before the end of the movie when everyone's finally teamed up uh yeah it's a like you said it's a good way of making him feel like very powerful and actually dangerous um but how do we feel about the atlanteans in this compared to you know their own movie
1: i feel as though that they are a lot dumber and it's like this is gonna be a this is gonna be a sound like dolphins well not the sound like dolphins and everything i think mostly because orm and orm and all of them it's like Unlike the unlike the man and everything the, the surface dwellers, the Amazons and the uh, the Atlanteans all know if this guy gets all the mother boxes, it's the end of the world. Mm. So why the hell is Orm not sending in his entire army, telling the seven seven kingdoms, "Hey, we need to work together, or we're all gonna die." It won't well, cause matter. Well, because Orm doesn't want to
0: work together. He wants to fucking kill you know all the surface world. But they don't even remind me if if i'm mistaken but they don't mention it to orm do they because it's they more do, just they like do.
1: mira sa- mira says like the mother box is activated and they like and they like what does orm said and he's like he refused to send soldiers oh yeah
0: that's right yeah because like i don't want to deal with the server surf world, service world. atlantis can do it itself but he doesn't we don't see him get notified that the box is taken you know like yeah. it makes sense to me that orm wouldn't as soon as the box is activated he's not going to go to the service we saw him trying to destroy the service world in the Aquaman movie, which, you know, I guess yeah. technically we wouldn't have seen that yet. But if you know Orm, like if you know Ocean Master, it's like, okay, no, he doesn't like the surface. He's not going to interact with them. He's not going to want to team up with them. So I could see them just not saying that the the box is taken. Because, darn, if, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like all the Atlanteans at the outpost, except for Mira and Aquaman, get killed.
1: Yes, that's true. That is. So 100%. then Mira's just
0: like, fucking, just go get the box. Just go do it. So I could see her just being like...
1: Oh, yeah, everything's
0: normal. Arthur, go get the fucking box. Because she doesn't want to deal with his shit.
1: Probably, but again, the whole world's at stake. I mean, yeah. It's a, uh, it's like, it's, it, it's like I can see it, it's a dumb decision. I can
0: see it, it's a dumb decision. And that's something we can say with the theatrical cut as well, and as well as the Dirk cut. A lot of this story is like, dumb decision, but I can see it, I guess. Uh, but what was a really dumb decision was the theatrical cut cutting out most of Cyborg's arc and in this chapter this is really where we start to see cyborg i mean it's where he's introduced but this way where we where we really get to see his makings as a character and man ray fisher was not lying when and zack Snyder obviously was not lying when he said like cyborg was the heart of his movie cuz his introduction is fantastic
1: it's honestly way too good and it sucks because it's like he is pretty much in a way, he is like the ideological heart of this movie, and to take out and to take out all of his seeds, it's like it's kinda it's kind of heartbreaking to see like how much was taken away from the theatrical cut. I get that they needed to cut down to two hours per week, but there's other things they
0: could have cut out,
1: yeah, there's other things they could have cut out like honestly, they should have just focused on one mother box in the theatrical cut, but whatever
0: yeah. I mean they should have just delayed the movie, but you know it's another yeah. conversation. But yeah, his arc is fantastic. The way they visualize his powers in terms of, you know, when you're getting that exposition sequence where it's like, oh, this is what all he can do. And you're seeing just how powerful a cyborg really is. You know, you get the great sequence where he's, you know, helping the, the single mom who's broke as shit. And he's like, here, fucking... he, he I always like when he, like, puts his hand over the, the digital stack of money and like pulls up like he's it's like he's saying get your bread up you know i was like all right he's, mm-hmm. he's making these gains <laughs> uh but no i think it's a, a great introduction for a stellar performance um by ray fisher just in general
1: but also don't forget the speech like mm-hmm. from his dad oh, yeah, like-
0: joe morton's speech joe morton underrated as an actor in general um he fucking crushes it in this movie. Like he's a tremendous actor, and he's he's one of my favorite parts of the movie.
1: Yeah, him him uh speaking to Victor and being all scientific, telling him his powers is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And I love the fact that the moment he says he wants to speak as a father, Victor's like Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm we're crush- done,
0: crushes the tape recorder, which just in case we forget to mention it later.
1: I I am down for cyborg
0: controller technology. I think it's cool, I think it's great how powerful to make him. How does that mean he can reform the crushed bits of a tape recorder? Because that seems more like a telekinesis thing than a technology thing. Like that's yeah. plastic. That's not yeah. like reforming metal. That's just that you know, and and that's just weird.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't feel right. Also, I kind of wish that they didn't because, ironically, the whole fact that the the whole fact it has a dark irony, a dark irony to it. It's like the moment, the moment where he wants to hear his fa- what his father. Emphasis on father says after you know he dies and everything, he destroyed the only means of listening to that. It's yeah. like that. Well, that'd be, depressing. Like that
0: that'd be depressing, and it is a Zack Snyder movie, but you don't always like to end depressing, you know, when it's supposed to be this triumphant thing, yeah, yeah. Um, but while all this is going on in the background, you're seeing like, oh, the the fucking parademons are like, oh, let's go out there, look at us, get some mother boxes, and that leads into chapter four, the change machine where you got Bruce and Diana and Barry, they're meeting Jim Gordon, because Jim Gordon's like, hey, we got some aliens kidnapping people, folks. Sniffing around, looking for mother boxes. And then Cyborg shows up, and he's like, hey, I'm here. And you got the goat, J.K. Simmons, just being like, I don't even know what to say to this robot man, so whatever, we're just gonna keep it pushing. Uh, I love this scene. Yeah. It's very funny.
1: J.K. Simmons as Jim Gordon, as just a jaded police officer. He's just so tired. Boy. Yeah, it's like, he's like, I'm old, I can't deal with this. Yeah, he's like, longer. I don't,
0: he's like, I've been around here 20 years with Batman. I don't, the robot guy, great, cool, I don't, he's just like, how many of, there are you? Like, or how enough. many of you are there? He's like, I don't know. He's like, okay, great, cool, that's ominous, Batman, thank you. But, what is your fucking problem? I know you're Bruce Wayne, like, just have a conversation with me. Um, but that leads to the very entertaining action sequence where they go under the tunnel to Striker's Island, you know.
1: And we have the, the walking scene.
0: Yeah, oh my god. The walking scene where they're going up the stairs with the most hardcore, just shredding guitar. Just... Well, they're just taking steps. You're like, alright guys, this is, this is unnecessary. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm all for a shredding guitar, but... You're doing the most here. But we get to see Batman's cool little, you know, nightcrawler vehicle. You
1: mm-hmm. know? It's
0: like, why does Batman have this? What was he gonna use this for?
1: Uh to climb mountains.
0: Well, why didn't he use that to go talk to Aquaman? Like, hey, I'm Batman, Aquaman. Well, there's an alien coming. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: we need help. Now get in the nightcrawler.
0: Like it's cool for this, but was he really just building a vehicle for him to just go under the tunnel? Like was it for like some type of cave mission? Like what's I get that Batman in the comics just has shit because he's Batman, but it makes more sense there because he's normally going to have to go do some weird shit with the Justice League. So it's like, you better be prepared with this. This is just Bruce hanging out in Gotham for 20 years.
1: What is he doing with that? Yeah, it's like, honestly, with all the tracks and everything that they had around the location, make I a bat like, train. Yes. <laughs> it's or like or a, a bad, bad wagon. I don't know. But it's like just just something that feels like it would be useful for the terrain you're going towards. Yeah. Whereas this one it, it definitely felt like they made it for the movie and not for anything else.
0: They may and it normally you'd be like, oh, they made it to sell toys. I don't remember even seeing any toys of this.
1: Yeah, but, it's like I don't think th- I don't think this sold toys, and I don't think it was popular enough to sell toys. I mean, a they did sell toys.
0: toys of the movie, but not I don't remember seeing any Nightcrawler toys. Um But anyway. They confront Steppenwolf. You know he's got a bunch of Star Lab scientists captured. You see the Justice League first going up against uh, the forces of Apocalypse, which really just boils down to Wonder Woman beating Steppenwolf's ass while everyone else is kind of struggling with the Parademons. Uh, well, Batman struggling with the Parademons, Cyborg and Flash getting everybody out.
1: It was kind of more even to me, and I think Steppenwolf gained the upper hand when he got his axe. Yeah, towards I, the, the end,
0: okay. Once he got his axe back, it's like, all right, fucking Diana, you better watch out, because then you know they fall and it's all things. It's like, well, Diana, you can fly. I we've seen in one wonderland 1984 so why is I this <laughs> an issue for you you know that doesn't cause any problems um then it, my know,
1: co- well my question is why did barry feel the need to push the sword back into her hand and the action was that there was easier for her well if if she could have just picked it up in the air and then done the fliv, or if she actually needed to it's like well that's the she same in just both pick both it, it up though
0: him, him tapping the sword is the same in both versions
1: well, no, there's a parademon about to strike her behind her. So Barry doing it then in the theatrical cut actually allows her to stop the parademon from attacking her. I
0: mean, I don't know. This, this it was a cool visual, and
1: it's a co- it's a cool a visual.
0: What if what if when it landed, sword went flying far away, and Stepwolf landed right with her? You know, it's a fight. You can't let your guard down.
1: True, but that's a what if, and also it's like it's not like Seven Wolf's landing near her. We don't and know Step that Wolf- for sure. Semper is literally banging on the Nightcrawler and attacking Batman at this point. So yeah, she's out of saying
0: danger. It's a dark tunnel. I didn't, I didn't, of all the nitpicks I have this movie, I didn't question why Barry would poke her sword back. It just looked cool. Um, you know, one thing leads to another. You got Cyclops doing like, it's okay, Alfred, I'll take it from here. And then, you Did know, you
1: just call him Cyclops?
0: Thinking. Did I call him Cyclops? I thought it said Cyborg. I mean, this would be a very different movie if Cyclops was in it, and I would also like to see that.
1: Honestly, yeah, Cyclops and yeah. Batman working together. That would be cool. That would
0: be interesting. You know, they have a real testosterone fest. Um <laughs> he fires a missile at Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf's like, ah.
1: Is this really this it's is like, what you like, got?
0: He's like, you're a bitch. Uh, the tu- <laughs> destroys the tunnel. Destroys the tunnel. And that's when Aquaman swims in, which, cool scene, but there's a moment where the water's flowing, flowing in, but you can see Aquaman kind of swimming, like upright, standing there. And it's like, I don't think that's how water and swimming works um because you know you see diana recognize like is that a guy
1: yeah and it's like my general thought that, is that he's literally pushing back against the current just to see and, yeah thing.
0: it just to seem cool but it's like you don't even see his legs kicking so you're like all right i don't know how this works i don't understand the physics of an Atlantean but whatever he stops the flood it's real cool yeah it's really cool
1: how did he know where they were
0: i you know he was probably coming to gotham because batman i would imagine okay like, I, I can that take tracks.
1: that that's that's the best answer i've heard on that. i would
0: just you know realistically speaking i would imagine and this is like we said we're explaining things for a movie that didn't explain it to us but just if i had to guess he's like all right guess i know batman's in gotham and he was dealing the shit i guess i'm swimming to gotham and while he's swimming into the bay he sees the explosion that would have opened the- he's like why is there an explosion i guess i should look at this and he goes in swims in that's why he stands there in the water for a second he's like there's this hot lady? Oh, look, there's Batman. Oh, I guess I should save him from drowning. <laughs> that's yeah. my my head cannon, I guess we'll call it.
1: Honestly, love it. Good head cannon.
0: There you go. So let me see. After this part, the chapters start blurring for me.
1: Well, after chapter this, four is change. Well, it's like this Well, yeah, this is. We well, this is we're in the
0: change machine right now. Because then after this, Cyborg uh, was like, "All right, let me tell you about the mother boxes." Okay, that's right. He's like, "All right, yeah, I, yeah, I tried to hide this mother box by putting it in a bag."
1: <laughs> in my grave and then
0: opening the bag but then burying the bag with the open box so that the audience knows that there's a mother box in here because we couldn't have figured that out
1: probably got a ton of dirt on it but you probably know what God,
0: that bag's ruined you're not using that bag again but then they
1: go to bruce's hangar.
0: you know they explain the mother box and then they're like hey bright idea guys bright idea Bring back let's
1: use it to revive superman let's
0: use it to revive superman meanwhile in the background Steppenwolf he's doing shit in the ukraine or something i don't know who he's just yeah so. he he's hanging out in a silo he's talking to dark side he has a vision We're like oh i've seen the fucking anti-life equation and doctor's like all right bitch make yourself usable and then i'm gonna crush a hundred thousand words and worlds and stride across their bones or something cool i don't know he says something really intimidating
1: so basically, this is where Steppen Steppenwolf gets uh, his anti up because Darkseid says, "Give me the anti life, and you'll be by my side once more." Yeah, it's
0: like you'll be fucking, you'll be, you'll be the homie again. Uh, so it's like, oh, you fucking bet. But you get this whole sequence of them saying, like, "All right, I guess we should fucking rebuild Superman." Which I like the way they explain the science of the box in this, when compared to uh, the theatrical cut. I think the scene in general, their motivations for bringing Superman back. You just feel more natural to me with what we've seen from these characters before. And it doesn't feel like you have that weird force tension between the team and the theatrical version. Someone's like, no, we can't bring him back. Oh, Pet cemetery, Like all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but overall, uh, it's, a, it's a solid chapter. Good middle of the movie. Then you get to chapter five, all the king's horses. The main thing of the chapter is they bring Superman back.
1: Yeah, and then we get and then we get our fight with Superman. You get we Superman also,
0: versus the, the League. And, yeah. and we like, also yeah.
1: see Barry's uh time travel powers in their full capabilities. No well not the full Well cap- not the full capabilities, but we get, but a like, little, the, you get hints the hint of his capabilities. You get the hint when
0: he revives Superman. You know, he gets the running start and he's running with his arms all loosey goosey in a way that yeah. just doesn't make sense to me. But what do I know about running? I'm just someone who's had to run at least one time in my life before.
1: Well, um, as a person who had to run a ton of times in his life before, I can tell you, Flash- You don't flow you your arms infinite, like that when you run? You, you don't flow your arms like that. Flash, you would be a lot faster if you just moved your arms in a more 90 degree motion and kept you know, them at your
0: side. During our Suicide Squad um, retrospective, I made the comment that Enchantress moves like one of the floaty- in two men outside of a car dealership and i would like to restate that uh, notion here in regards to the flash's arms because they just look not aerodynamic at all yeah it's just but it leads to superman being brought back to life he's all disoriented he fights the just league and it's i thought it was uh
1: real cool oh uh i was gonna say we have one of the most awesome moments when flash is running about to try and get behind superman
0: we get to see how fast Superman is in this universe while still making it clear that flash is faster. Cause they've shown Superman like flying at super speed before in the movies, but you never really got the sense that he's like, Oh, like he is also just physically like he has the faster reaction time and whatnot. So that moment where he sees the flash and he just eats the rest of the league away. Real cool. Also, I, you know, I think this scene does a good job of establishing like strength scaling between the two like it's clear that you know Wonder Woman and Aquaman are you know not on Superman's level all the way but they obviously stand a better chance than the others Wonder Woman clearly has the, the longest little bow with them I love the I still like the head they do yeah. uh, that was in the theatrical cut mm-hmm. and also you don't get the awkward bit with Superman as fucking fake lip going do you bleed at Batman because it's fucking dumb and everybody hates it and we don't ever have to talk about it again
1: yeah, lip thing, lip thing, bad. But I do wish that line was still in the movie. I don't because
0: then it led to Batman on the ground going,
1: "Oh yeah, something's definitely bleeding." Uh, it's like it's a... okay, we know Zach wouldn't do that. I mean, that is a that is a Whedon style thing. But I do believe Zach would have brought back that line if he if he felt so
0: inclined. I mean. Take it up with Chris Terrio. He's the one that wrote it. But while the Justice League is busy getting their shit kicked in by Superman, um, you got Steppenwolf going and stealing the Mother Box back, which leads to a really, like, good, well, I do good, heartbreaking scene where Silas Stone, like, sacrifices himself to mark the Mother Box. Because at first you just think, okay, you're just a fucking idiot trying to destroy the Mother Box before Steppenwolf can get it, like... Why not lure Steppenwolf into the box and turn on the lasers? Um, so you think it's a pointless sacrifice, and then they realize, like, wait a second. He, like, turned to the mother box in the hottest thing on Earth without, so it'll leave a heat signature so you can find where it is. Like, that's cool as shit. Like, that's using your brain. And you get, like, just that really powerful last look between uh, Joe Morton and Ray Fisher. Like, yeah. it's really understated, and it's like, man, when the rest of the league comes in and Cyborgs are acting to his dad's death, I'm like, shit. Like, this is... This is some good stuff, and it also does a good job of really Cyborg and his father's relationship in general does a good job of setting up why in the Aquaman movie Aquaman would be going back to see his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it's yeah. a good, it's good for for more characters than just Cyborg. But what do we what do we think about this sequence before we move on to the next chapter?
1: I like this sequence. I st- it's like I the, remember when I said that there were only three things that I think the theatrical hit does better. Mm-hmm. The start of this fight is the only thing I think the theatrical cut uh, does better, Uh, just because it's like Victor already established that he doesn't have full control of of the tech in him, where this Mm -hmm. Victor has full control of himself, and then suddenly he doesn't, so that way we can start the fight with Superman. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I can see that. It, I'll give you that. I never really registered that, uh, just because after watching this so many times, and even before it came out, having watched the theatrical cut more times than I'd like to admit, because I thought it was all I was getting, the parts of it do kind of blur together.
1: So yeah, sometimes, sometimes, it sometimes it do. Sometimes I yeah, cause sometimes I forget like the Flash doesn't know how to relocate people, and that's why they had to pick them up the stairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. No. So, yeah, I totally forgot about that. But So no, uh, yeah, sure,
0: that makes more sense. But I feel like this the fight itself, the start of the fight theatrical cut, yeah, makes more sense, but I feel like the added bits we get of the fight in the the um Snyder the cut, cut are improved. Even just the there's I mean, for as much as the theatrical cut was like, "Oh, we should have more funny stuff." They cut out a surprising amount of funny stuff in this, like even just the moment between Aquaman and the Flash after Superman yeets Aquaman into the Flash. Or at yeah. the Flash into Aquaman, I should say. Uh, yeah, like, just like, I'm going to fucking kick your and... ass. <laughs> like, that's something funny that you would have expected to see, you know, in a, uh, a I don't want to say a Marvel movie, but, you know, it was, it was a it's, it's a superhero movie. It's a physical comedy, yeah, superhero movie. Like, you know, it's the kind of, of joke that I feel like you would expect. So, just weird that they chose to cut that out. But there's so many things that were weird that they cut out that we don't even have time to get into all that
1: yeah but we do but do gotta say um i really do like uh the ending for silas and everything it's like him trying to do his best it's like and it's him sticking to his character it's like he always tries to do what he thinks is best for his family and best for the world and everything and he's not the best when it comes to being a family man but but all the stuff that he does it's like he does try to do for his family and his wife understands that, but Victor doesn't understand that because his yeah. father's been absent, so he can't understand yeah, that.
0: Yeah, which is valid, you know, it's, uh, and that's one of the, oh, we didn't even talk about that, uh, the scene with his mother's death and whatnot. Like, even mm-hmm. then, you, you get the seeds of why his relationship with his father is so strained, and it's just really, like, you know, it, it tugs at the heartstrings, you know? It's, it's, it's some sad stuff. So then, seeing when Silas finds it, he's like, "No, I'm not gonna let you die." So then he spends the whole rest of the movie trying to make it up to his kid, and this is how he does it—you know, by sacrificing himself. It's like, man, this is this is a, a heartrending payoff, I would say. Yeah. But speaking of payoffs, let's get to chapter six—something darker, because this is when we get payoff for the whole movie. This is the climax. This is where shit pops off. The Justice League's like, "Bitch, we know where Steppenwolf is." We're coming for you, ho. Like, you're about to get your shit rocked, all right? We're going to fucking jump you. You know, you get the great scene with Lois and Clark on the Kent farm, which... I'll take that as a yes. Dan, oh my god, such a fucking good... When they took that out of the theatrical cut, and that was in the trailer to him, like, you sons of bitches. I don't... Uh, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, Drew. Give me a... Come, come walk with me, okay? Come with me on a journey. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. All right, strap in. Of all the stupid-ass shit that the theatrical cut changed, someone please, for the love of Christ, explain to me what about this scene could not have been in the theatrical version. Someone explain to me, because it's the same length. It's not featuring a bad hairpiece on Henry Cavill with just a terrible CGI mouth and a creepy Uncanny Valley smile. Okay? It's still light and, and joyful and hopeful. And it's just better written and not stupid as fuck. We're talking about, oh, death was itching. Get the fuck out of here. You know? So why? Why would they approve changing this scene for what we got in the theatrical cut? Who okayed this? Who do I need to to write a strongly worded email to? Because that is one of the most insulting things with theatrical cut. It really felt like Joss Whedon was like, you know what? No, we need more CGI Henry Cavill lip. Let's bring in some more CGI Henry Cavill. Because this perfect scene with these two actors that we've seen for the last however many years looking like they got normal faces and continuing a plot line from the last two movies, we can't have that we can't have that at all. We can't establish Superman's new outlook on life, you know, in in now that he's been brought back to life. That wouldn't play later with how we're going to portray him like a Christopher Reeve, you know, copy. You know, jokes on you cuz it still would have. Even if they cha- kept the way they do Henry Cavill theatrical cut, if they everything with him in the last 20 minutes for that fight, still would have worked with this scene in the theatrical cut instead of what we got. It doesn't make sense. I fucking hate the theatrical version of this scene. I hate it. It pisses me off.
1: Now you can say something. (laughs) Like though, like I did not expect a Tristan rant, but I I fucking I hate it. it. I love
0: this scene, and it just bothers me.
1: I love this scene as well. I do think that this one is far superior to the one we got in the theatrical cut. I really don't know anything else I can say that you haven't said already. It's like. Why? Just why? There was nothing you really needed to change. It's why? like just ha- it's like him and Lois getting married didn't really need to be retcon, so yeah. why? So why?
0: What like what? I don't know. But You know, this leads to a good reunion scene with his mom. That's real sweet. Oh, we didn't even talk about earlier when his mom, I don't even remember what chapter it was, but his mom goes to talk to Lois, and then boom, it's the Martian Manhunter, the greatest character in this film, this franchise, really, that everyone saw his true identity coming, if you're a real fan. Um, But in this scene, it is actually his mother, so (laughs) we don't have to get into that. But then this leads into... Now, sorry, Drew, we can't talk about your favorite character in this movie, Martian Manhunter. We gotta
1: keep- Hold up, hold up, hold up hold up, on hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold I let you go on a rant. Let me at least <laughs> go on this little, th- this little side thing. And it's like, I hope Lois never talks with Martha about yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be a really awkward conversation. <laughs> as I was like, I didn't come see you. And she's like, who the fuck was I talking to then?
1: And then like, Clark is like, oh, um, apparently there's a shapeshifter on the League now.
0: Yeah, it's like, shit, there you go. He's like, oh, hi, Lois. Do you have any chocos for me? Um, but af- <laughs> oh, after no! This... Not the sensual voice. No. <laughs> after no. after this scene, you know, then you get the great. This is one of the best scenes in the movie. You know, where he goes to the ship in Metropolis. um He gets his suit. You hear the monologues from both his dads he- with some new audio. You know, harkening back to the whole. You know, you will give him an ideal to strive towards from Man of Steel. Uh, it's basically just a recreation of the flight scene um with the black suit and the music's great and uh this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I think it's fantastic,
1: yeah, it reminds me of the uh Christopher Reeves Jorel speech mm-hmm. now personally, personally, I don't mm-hmm. think it's as good, but I mean what is that that speech is- icon- iconic it can speak to you at any point in your life it's a- am- it's amazing, but this one. Oh my god, a this one. Shit. It's some good shit. It's like it's you seeing shit. all the different you see in all the different suits, you seeing hearing soups go through and seeing the ideologies of his fathers. But also I think what this what this scene does subtly is show that he's making his own ideology. It's based yes. off of both his fathers, but it's his own ideology. Yeah. And that's something I don't see talked about a lot. So I'm glad that uh Zach allows it to be feel like this Superman is changing and evolving and growing.
0: Especially now that he has this new lease on life, which would have made sense in the theatrical cut had they decided <laughs> to keep this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hmm.
0: And maybe, here's the thing, Here, here's the deal. Here's the, I get that they were trying to keep it under two hours, so then why did we spend 15 minutes with that random ass Russian family? You could have had more
1: Superman in that movie. So, I actually do know the answer to this, because... Okay, tell me, because I, mean. I, I would like to know so joss's whole thing was that he wanted the he wanted the russian family to be a thing to show uh to show not only humanity fighting back but also well they didn't push... fight back
0: they fucking lost like they 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 ran away because understandably <laughs> yeah. so because they're aliens invading and they're just humans and they yes. don't have any weapons like batman
1: and a girl was only going to do like bug spray and everything yeah but... so, so wow wow
0: joss ween real empowering
1: thanks but in addition, but in addition, he wanted to make the uh, he wanted to ha- make it cer- make um people certain there were people in the area that were going to need to be saved, and he wanted people for Flash and Superman to save. That's still fucking stupid.
0: It's still dumb. They're saving the world. I, you know, yeah, whatever. They're, they're moving on. Then you get after Superman suited up, you get the good scene with like the Justice League's getting ready. You know, like they've mm-hmm. got their little plan, and now they're like, "Oh, Aquaman, he's picking up the Trident." You know, Wonder Woman's tying up her lasso. Flash, he's doing his little stretches. You know, Batman the- pulls pulls down his little goggles.
1: Yeah, but the, but um, also we get um, when they're about to fly out, they got their they're planning. Yeah, they're, they're planning, but also it's like Cyborg say, "Like I got it to fly. It was meant to fly." And Batman it says, "So are you."
0: So, that's a good moment. Yeah, that's a good moment.
1: It's like it's like I love these small moments. It does show the character these small moments around like all their interactions and stuff.
0: No, yeah. good stuff. I'm not ma- I'm not making it up that the him Batman tossing the Trident. That's in this cut too, right? Batman what tossing Aquaman the Trident like when they're getting ready? Because I remember the shredding guitar playing.
1: Oh, uh, that's the actual
0: cut. That's the actual. God, I'm having such a weird. And I just see this is where I the movie can movie
1: fully blur blur together because it a blurs lot was together.
0: Changed. Not a lot changes. It's very conv I mean, definitely, you, you remember the theatrical cut when you had the cringe moment with Aquaman sitting on the fucking lasso. I remember that shit being awful. But I always remember he has. They have their little sit down when has it said it's a stand up where they go over the plan and then Superman gets the suit and then I always thought after that, all right, then you get the down, down, they fucking. Get ready, but I guess it goes right into them landing. Uh, and Batman, like, all right, you guys go, I'm gonna go fucking fly the ship in and crash the shield. And he does that, and he comes out with the fucking Batmobile, Tokyo drifting, being awesome. And he's <laughs> like, gonna sacrifice himself. They're just like, "Like, nah, bitch, you ain't fucking having that. And you get the cool moment where you know, Wonder Woman gets the fucking parademons off him. You know, f- cyborgs flying around with the rockets, flashes running around, Aquaman fucking rides it like a surfboard. You know, and then they get their cool little group shot. You know, you get the group shot. The group shot. The only
1: only person I think needed a better shot was Flash, because he does not look right in that shot. Yeah,
0: well, Flash, with the way he runs, he doesn't look right in most of this movie. True that. You know. Uh, But then you get a cool action sequence with the Justice League taking out the parademons. A lot of it is somewhat similar to the theatrical cut, just with better effects uh less irritatingly red color grading cyborg and a king of the hill moments yeah king of the hill moment uh aquaman still gets a little hair flip um you know they make it to to the central what's what's the it's a silo right a nuclear yeah silo. it's a nuclear silo um, i couldn't remember the word for it you know and a, steppenwolf he's in there he's trying to merge the mother boxes you know, doing the whole unity thing, which I'm glad they don't make a big as big of a deal out of it. This where in the theatrical edition, it's just like the unity, oh, Mother! Oh, just being weird. And this, he's just like, no, I'm just gonna open, use this to open a boom tube, and you know, summon forth apocalypse and all that crap.
1: Yeah, so it basically does what the Death Seeds do in the comics. It's like turns yeah. the planet into apocalypse and then summons Dark Side. Yeah, so uh,
0: yeah, uh, and they're fighting. Aquaman, Wonder Woman fights Steppenwolf. Um, he's beating him up because he's Steppenwolf. He's he's sauced up, you know. He's got a little juice on him. Um,
1: Bats is uh, taking out Parademons, Flash is up Parademons. Charge!
0: Yeah, he's gathering a big ass charge, trying to move near the speed of light. And then it's like, man, fucking Steppenwolf! He's still dogging these cheeks, bro. Like he's he's a hard hard man to get. He's gonna chop. Cyborg, you know, right in the shoulder. And then Superman just boom! Just lands, catches that shoulder chop with his shoulder. You can't chop that shoulder. That's an unchoppable shoulder. And he's like, not impressed. This fucking uses Freezy Breath.
1: Yep. Introduction of the Frost Breath. You fucking love L- it. Lesser known Superman power. And you just
0: love it. He just, he just fucking shatters that axe, kicks Steppenwolf in the, in the chest, Sparta style, you know, and then they get a cool fight. The Man of Steel music kicks in. You know, and then Wonder Woman and Aquaman join, and they all just team up, and they just beat the. After that point, he's like like, Steppenwolf's fucking done. Like, he's no longer the threat, you know? Superman chops off his horn with a heat vision.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, you were mixing up some of the actual cut in there, because but, uh, you did? No. Nope. Yeah. No, I'm not. not they, didn't, they didn't team up. Superman yeah, they did. took on Steppenwolf. No, because what happens is, he fucking
0: yeets Steppenwolf, like, after he gets the heat vision and tears his uh his horn off then they still have the bit of wonder woman blowing him away with the like her gauntlets and then aquaman hitting them higher into the air and then superman flies back down in the black suit and fucking punches them
1: yeah okay yeah there we go yeah because uh, there's got still the, the bit of the order mixed up
0: <laughs> yeah well, well what did i what did i mix up before
1: well you said that they were te- they teamed up before he cut off the horn
0: doesn't he cut it no no they they do because he doesn't cut off the horn until after i misspoke when i was correcting myself he doesn't cut off the horn until after uh aquaman has hit him into the silo and this is after superman no you're right no hold up give me a second okay no I got <laughs> okay it's all together guys no so it's basi- it's important so no it's important no it's important because now i finally figured it, I figured it out i figured it out i figured it out i figured it out okay so this is after he knocks Steppenwolf down to Wonder Woman. She does the gauntlets. The gauntlets blow him into Aquaman. Aquaman hits him in the hits him with the trident. Then Superman flies at him. And does like the cool, you get the cool like front shot of Superman flying. And then he uppercuts Steppenwolf into the silo. Then he fucking shoots up in the air and flies down and knocks Steppenwolf off the silo. Then punches him multiple times while he's on the ground. Then cuts off his horn with the laser vision just to be a dick about it. (laughs) Which I like the idea that he didn't realize that was an actual horn. I like to think he thought that was a hat.
1: S- Saying like, because oh, I, that say, <laughs> I would not think that say I would not think that was like oh shit I'm so
0: sorry I didn't I didn't realize guy uh and then at this time cyborg is trying to get through to the unity yeah, he's trying to crack it but he needs the charge from Barry and then Barry gets shot by a parademon so he can't give him that extra charge it's like oh no it's too late the fucking motherbox blows that's cool
1: that's one of the points where i believe like the editing really needs to just cut immediately to barry getting shot to show that it to show that it happened before or maybe just like have it to where it looks like it's a it looks like it's uh, instantaneous but then you hear cyborg over the comms after barry gets shot saying i need the charge because then it feels like oh there's eight seconds where this guy is moving close to the speed of light and he just doesn't run to cyborg yeah yeah. I don't know. It's like it's, I get I get what they were going for. It's like but it's like it just just has a that small problem. Yeah,
0: it's but tell you what though, it still looks fucking cool. It still looks then, cool because we cause get into see, the speed force. Well even before that, when the mother box blows up and just fucking peels everyone like you can see he's like, damn, even Superman's gonna get a shit rocked by this. Like this is Yep, even he's know, not immune. He's even he's not immune. Oh, also before that you get Darkseid peeking through the boom tube, like, hey, what a bitch. Superman yep. turned back looking like, hey, what's your vibe, bro? Um, so yeah, so they go, you get Barry going into the speed force, and he's flowing his little arms. He's like, Dad, what you to know, Dad. Your son's a cool guy, Dad. He's one of the greats, Dad. Make your own future, Dad. Make your own past, Dad. And ignore uh, the actor that plays me. Yeah, just ignore my crimes, Dad. Um, cool scene, though. Cool sequence, really emotional. One of the more creative ways to end a superhero movie, I think, than we've gotten in quite a while. Um yeah, great scene.
1: I would I would say that it's like it's one of the most visually impressive scenes ever. Mm. I I was one of the few people who wasn't really in that emotion just because it's like it's it's something that's brought up, never really focused on of Barry feeling like he can't make his own future, feeling like he's Oh yeah, know, this the actual hint the words he's saying aren't really emotionally
0: fulfilling at all. It's just it looks cool.
1: Yeah, it just looks re- It was, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's just Honestly, like, oh, hoping. okay.
0: It's hearkening back to what he talked to his dad about earlier, where his dad's like, "You don't be a fucking loser coming to see me. Go make your own future. It's like,
1: okay, cool. Great. It's like, okay, I'm making my own future, but I'm also changing the past.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, will this lead into the Flash movie? Probably. Who's to say? Um... So, yeah, that propels Victor into the mother boxes and he has a great moment where the mother box is like, oh, you don't have to be fucking broken anymore. We can fix you and you don't have to be alone. And he's like, I'm not broken. I'm not alone. You're like, fuck yeah, bro. Because you're fucking you're you're confident in who you are and you remember the Justice League. You're damn right. You're not broken or alone. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great moment. And he, uh, yay, the day is saved. And Steppenwolf's like, oh, you fucking bitches. I'm still here with my fucking one horn. And then Aquaman stabs him in the back, and <laughs> lifts him over his head. And Superman's like, "Oh, on God! All right, let me go punch this man in the face." And then here's the part where I'm like, "All right, this is this is unnecessary." Like, I, I, Wonder Woman killing people in the heat of moment—that's fine. She chops off Steppenwolf's head. He's like, "He's already defeated, Diana. He's going back through the portal. Like, it's done. We don't have to do this." Uh, and then
1: the disrespect on Dark
0: Side. Well, that was g'd up. That's Dark Side. He's like, "I don't give a shit." Yeah. Like, he was a bitch, clearly. And then decides like, oh, you little bitch, Steppenwolf, and you know, yeah, they're just like staring down Darkseid, and he's like, we will use the old ways, ready the armada, rah rah. rah, rah. This will never pay off.
1: Um, okay, okay, okay. I I have I have to mention this because this this is the this is the only part where I'm like, not nah, and nah, nah, I can't accept this. Mm-hmm. So I get that the unity had to fail because time travel shenanigans and everything. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck is Darkseid not stepping through that portal? This yeah, is the I don't world. Know. Yeah, this is the world with the anti-life equation everything. Are you telling me that the Justice League as it is now can keep up with mother freaking Darkseid?
0: Even even if you didn't want a scepter? You don't got no mega beam you want to just, you know, blast
1: through there? You know, like, just kill one of them, or, like, probably yeah. injure yeah. one? Yeah. I don't know. Just Give t- us some sense of something. you actually trying? Leave the boom... You have boom
0: tube technology, Darkseid. Like, we saw it. Get stepping off to Earth. You know where it is now. Just go. Yeah. All your army's right there. Or at least part it of it. A-
1: like throw in a tracker do something do
0: something other than just go hmm, ready for the armada it's like is the armada not ready what is this is this is a tuesday for you if you're
1: surrounded by paradigms is yeah. that not the armada
0: just i don't know whatever it's cool but doesn't make sense uh, but, you know, they do have the epilogue, everyone's going their separate ways, but it's like, alright, but we saved the day. You know, you get the cool moment of them standing on the silo, and Superman helps Batman up, and it's like, you know, symbolic, because it's like, oh, in time, they'll join you in the sun, and now they're all looking to the sun, and Superman helps Batman up, and you're like, fuck yeah, nice callback, bro. Uh, yeah. It's just cool. Although, I will say, this is one thing I'll give the theatrical cut slightly more credit for. I don't like that they had to, like, grow weird flowers and shit. You know, at the end, after they save the day, but
1: yeah, but you understand like it's,
0: yeah, them staring out at that is cooler to me than them staring out smiling at the back of the plane. Like what the plane that's like, why is Superman looking at that with a smile? I don't know. It's just like this. They could have just not even included that. Just have them look out at the world they saved period. And it's, yeah. it's fine. Even without all the flowers. It's like, yeah, guys, we did it. We stopped the fucking aliens. But instead, let's look at the fucking loading deck on this giant-ass plane that Bruce built because he has a lot of disposable income. Um, but then, yeah, you know, it's kind of the end of the movie. This has got a nice little epilog got a nice little speech. You see them doing hero shit. And... Uh, Batman you know, bought a bank. Batman bought a bank. Lois is preggers. He, Superman opens his shirt because he hears someone's in trouble. And then... It's real cool. It's good stuff, you know? And then you got the little teasers with, Oh, hey, look, it's Marshall Manhunter, the best character in this cinematic universe. It's always made sense. Uh, and has always clearly been meant to be played by Harry Lennox. And then you sure. got another pointless nightmare scene that I don't want to talk about, so we're not gonna talk about it.
1: Uh I don't like Rock of Ages in this movie.
0: I love Rock of Ages, the comic, but I do too. Well, this it's is like not it- Rock of Ages. We'll put it that way. If 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 anyone wants to go read a good Dark Side took over the world story, go read JLA Rock of Ages by Grant Morrison and Howard Porter because that's that's the move. Um, but yeah, I mean, I this is a four hour long movie, so I don't rewatch it constantly. But the last fifty minutes, like up until starting from Superman going and suiting up. Uh, I watch. I've I've lost count of how many times I've watched that. Just this last fifty minute stretch, I always turn it off right uh, after Superman undoes his shirt and it cuts to black. I don't need the little teasers; those are stupid.
1: Yeah, although I don't remember if it's in the theatrical cut or if it's in this cut. But doesn't Batman have the Bat Tank? That's in this cut.
0: Yeah, that's in this okay, cut. Yeah, because you see him yeah. back in his BVS suit, and it's like Bruce. It's clear that you drove this just to take out these three guys. So once again, I ask. What is Bruce doing with these vehicles, and like, what situations is he creating them for? Because it seems like he's just bored, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like I would I would accept it if there were some trophies or anything in the Batcave. Yeah, uh, his bigger but, villains like Mister Freeze just, is like a is like an he he can freeze an entire city by himself. Yeah, it's so, like so sure. If I you get, got
0: some type of anti freeze uh, vehicle, sure. But why? I don't know. It's cool. It's glad Zack Snyder's a Dark Knight Returns fan, like we didn't know that. But mm-hmm. before we get on out of here, we got to talk about our final pros and cons for this movie overall. You know, we just crammed a four hour long film into like uh, an hour and, hour and a half. Hour and a half, not even an hour and a half worth of discussion. And, you know, so Drew, what are your final pros and cons and your final thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League?
1: Well, I've gone through my cons through my, most of my cons through this episode, so. If you want to find them out, I hope you listened. But yeah, press rewind.
0: Uh, Go back in the Speed Force, alright? Wave your arms around, tell your dad you're making your own future, and then press play the again, and then you can hear it. Just like Barry.
1: Yeah. I do love a lot of the stuff in this movie. I love the black suit. I uh, wish it didn't have a cape, because I've always Drew, you fucking,
0: a you took the words right out of my mouth. I like the black suit, I don't like it with the cape. And if they were going to leave the cape, I wish they had left it. I-, I wanted him to have the red S, the red and blue suit, by the end of the movie, yeah. when he undoes the shirt. I get having the black solar suit for the fight, but at the end, he should be back to be in the red suit. But I agree. No cape.
1: Yeah. I like that Barry is the first time traveler, like, in the comics and stuff. So, because I-, I had a feeling that Wally West would eventually be introduced into this timeline, if it continued on, so... Really glad that because a lot of people say Wally is the first of the Speedster time travelers. It's like no, that's Barry. He did it in Crisis on Infinite. Wally's Earth just the first to go to the Speed Force and then get out. Yeah, I really love a lot of the a lot of the visuals that they have here. It's like you can tell like the effects people they worked hard to make. They were in their we bag
0: love. Yeah, they they were rendering like the rent was due, and because this was the start of the pandemic and they were out of work, it quite literally was.
1: And they fucking yeah. crush it. Yeah, they it yeah, it's amazing. I as much as I dislike the nightmare sequences, some of it's like some of the nightmare sequence I do like to a degree. Like I like Flash's suit in there where it's like, okay, this is fully built for him to help him time travel. You like Deathstroke showing up with a Mohawk for no reason. Yeah. With the Halo logo
0: on his sword that Zack Snyder thought was the <laughs> logo for the League of Assassins.
1: Uh yeah, and uh I do I like the character development that we get with a lot of the characters, even some who are just here for this. This is like their first movie, and secondly, supposed to be about the entire team. You still get enough for their character development. Yeah,
0: you still get a little, a little sum. Aquaman's the only one that I feel like gets somewhat underserved, but his movie is literally the next one after this, so it's like okay, clearly they were just doing it just to set up that oh yeah, we're about to get an Aquaman movie. Like you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so that's all the things. Steppenwolf is my favorite design looking character in the movie, so that's a pro. Really wish he wasn't killed so we could have him like have a comeback to where maybe like Diana has to face him one on one. I would I just I just wanted to see more of the Steppenwolf because they just made him too good looking, too cool and too much of a physical threat for me to say, well, Yeah, let's kill him in the first one. But that's a problem with a lot of superhero movies in general, of killing the bad guy. Yeah, let's- more recurring villains, guys. Not even because Subaru shouldn't kill, but because
0: recurring villains are cool. Yeah. Like, let's just fucking do it. And you get to see Uh, how the villain evolves. You
1: get to see how they evolve, like the heroes. They're constantly leveling up their game. And, uh, I think the final thing is the small- is, like, of course, Godfather Alfred and the small little hints of Bruce and Diana's growing closeness. Which is like it's not it's not overdone like it is in the uh, theatrical cut. Even though I do love that Batman's trying to push Wonder Woman to be the leader of the team in the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. but I like the small moments they have here where it's like, okay, this is gonna be a long going relationship that they're gonna eventually get into. So it's like, yeah. like it. He's not good enough for her in any <laughs> continuity.
0: And I said that as someone who <laughs> loves Batman, he's just not. It's not a good relationship. If you got to put him with another superhero, then put him with Zatanna. You know, childhood friends to lovers. We we love the trope, but yeah. moving into my final pros and cons. Final pro: the fact that this exists, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and then it proves me right, and I feel just vindicated. Um, but overall, like for you know, for real, I think it is a vast improvement over the theatrical cut. I think the performances are much better. I think the character dynamics are much better. The action, the visuals, much better. Uh, cons: I mean, it's a four-hour movie. So that's kind of a con in and of itself. Like I, when this first came out, I took off work uh, to watch it. I scheduled, I I saw the release date for the movie. When they announced it, I was like, all right, I, in advance, months in advance, scheduled for PTO days at the time. I was like, I'm not coming to work this day because I'm watching this movie. And I watched it twice. So I did watch this movie twice the day it came out. And man, long movie. Good movie. Long movie. Doesn't need to be this long As much as I love the woman sniffing the sweater, things like that, I'm like, we don't don't need to do this. (laughs) But pro, I like that they broke it up into chapters to get people pausing places if they didn't want to watch it all in one sitting. It's very considerate of them. Uh, It's very kind. So thank you, Zack Snyder and company. Um, Thank you. Cons would be a lot of just general cons I would have with the Justice League movie in general. Uh, theatrical or this, where it's like a lot of things where I'm like, alright, this is something we're just having to explain away. General choices with the DCEU that I wouldn't have made personally, but as for what we've gotten, I'd say this is like I said, a step up. But, you know, still cons of pacing and motivation like this doesn't fully make sense. But okay, like I'm here for the vibes, whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't have too many cons for this other than the length. Like if this were a solid two and a half hours. I would even say three. Yeah, even three hours if it was BVS length. But like it's it's, there apart from like this feels a bit indulgent just because Zach was like, hell yeah, bro. And I respect it, honestly, like everyone said it wasn't real. If if people spent years saying my cut of my movie wasn't real, I'd come out with the longest cut possible, too, which apparently there was like a six hour cut, which that I would have liked to see just out of curiosity, because what more could they have possibly added? Did they leave out the kitchen sink? Because it's still in BBS when Batman smashed it over <laughs> Superman's head. But yeah, final thoughts. Did I really enjoyed Manor this Hunter. movie. It did have more martial Man. Actually, no, there's a con. The WB cut out the fucking Green Lantern sequence with fucking <laughs> Jon Stewart. That fucking pisses me off. That's a big con. That's a big con. And all I got was the one image of it. And he looked good, guys. And they're like, oh, well, we have plans for Green Lantern. What were your plans, Warner Brothers? Because they didn't happen. You fucking... Dumb, dummy, dumb, dumb, you rat bastards trying to take everything that I love. God, I can't fucking stand them. Thank God that the Lantern Show has been announced. And if it doesn't happen, audience, if it doesn't happen, oh my goodness. Lock your doors. Tristan's going on a rampage. I'm going on a, I, I will lose it. I will lose my mind. I will enter my Joker era. Okay? It'll be problem and I don't mean like Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I mean I'm gonna go comic book joker, I'm gonna start throwing around laughing fishes, okay? And it's I'm gonna become Emperor of the Universe because I'm gonna steal the power of the dimensional imp. It's gonna get weird. Anyway, if you wanna listen to people who aren't as weird, but still entertaining and probably more informative and you know, better put together in general, then you should listen to some of the other shows from the NerdStash Network. And by that, I mean, you should go and take a listen to our video game news recap podcast called Power Up and Game. On that podcast, uh, Michael and a whole assortment of uh, other talented podcasters, you know, go in and out. And they run through some of the most trending stories around the gaming industry that we found interesting. And they typically focus on the conversation aspect over a number of topics, you know, anything that, that pops up, any, any big news, they're going to fucking, they're going to get down to the nitty. They're going to get down to the gritty and they're probably going to be more insightful than me and drew talking for an hour and a half about a movie that people didn't think would happen. But like we said, our final thoughts on that movie, good movie, good movie. Anyway, PowerPoint game drops every Friday night. Please, please, please be sure to give it a listen. It really is some great stuff. So drew, Let's start to wrap this bad boy up. What are you working on, and where can people find you?
1: You can still find me on Fanfic, Wor- on Fanfic World on YouTube. You can also find me on the socials of Drew Garrison underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Hope you guys like the content that I'm pulling out, but if you don't, you know, a comment would be nice.
0: If you don't, say it to his face, you cowards. Thank you. You can find me on the socials at Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at BacksYouBenz. But... When you're done doing that, you can hop into the Nerd Stash Network Discord, where we have a bunch of nerds like us, including us, you know, Taylor, Michael, the whole gang. We are always ready to talk some nerdy news, some nerdy developments. Just really, we'll talk about anything. We'll share memes. We don't give a shit. We'll just have, come in and have a fun time. Let's get on out of here. Next week, we'll be talking about the many different variants uh, that are craving to conquer universes over in. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Media—that'll be a spoiler talk. But you have a whole week to look forward to that. So until then, vaya con Dios. I don't know why I just did a—I don't know why I just did the point break thing. But see you guys later. I don't know.